Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Women in Gridiron. A little bit of a different episode this week. I am hosting, for all of you who don't know, I am Beck. Um, Stace has had a little bit of an um, interruption to her evening and I'll be unable to join us. And Christy's away uh, with some football. She's been training really hard and competing um, in New South Wales, I think she was this week. So um, it's just me and Nat, and we have a very special guest, Heather, joining us Um So we'll start off with this week's listener question. And for all of you out there wondering, our question this week is, what do you have to do? How do you get into coaching? Like, how do you get started? Um, So Nat, you know, what what can you tell us about what you know about getting into coaching? What what do we have to do? I think um, there's a a good question because if I talk about my own experience, um, you know, being injured, that's what kind of prompted me to, you know, kind of jump into a a little bit of coaching. And I wouldn't say by any means it was anywhere near as the rap sheet that Heather's got, but um, I'd say, you know, it was really just ad hoc step in and help, you know, the, the linemen, um, you know, on, on practice and stuff like that. And it became, um, I became kind of interested in it, started doing a couple of courses, uh, that type of stuff. And then, um, yeah, that, that's where I kind of started. It was like natural curiosity to kind of um, see how I can better myself and then also, you know, the girls that I was playing with. So that's kind of how I stumbled into it um, purely by chance. And I actually really enjoyed it. And I actually think it helped my game um, on field as well, just by having that understanding you know, and how to help other people communicate and that type of thing. That's that's kind of how I stumbled into it. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it kind of just goes. You need to kind of just ask your exact the questions, you know. And for Heather, we'll we'll go into how you got into coaching a little bit more in the episode because we'll go into a bit more bit more depth and admin. Um, but if you ever are looking out there, Gridiron Australia have free coaching courses. Um, they walk you through all the aspects of coaching from assistant coaching level through to the head coaching level. So you can get started, just reach out to um, the GA, you know, you can go onto their website. I'm sure there's, there's links on there available for you to follow. Um, It also includes, you know, like tackling courses so that you know that you're teaching the right technique, even from a player perspective, if you aren't, um, even if you are just looking at coaching, it's good to know these things because when you are coaching, you want your players to be safe and you want them to know the right technique. So to be able to coach that is very important. Um, it covers flag football as well. So even if you don't want to get into contact football, you can go into the flag football side of things, look into the coaching of that. Gridiron Australia is doing great things to grow our sport. And I think coaching is a key area to start because for all of us, we've been a part of teams where coaching is a little bit lacking, where we do struggle as women, not as many people want to come and jump on board to coach us, which is quite sad. But, you know, if you are out there and you do want to coach and you do don't know where to start, Gridiron Australia website is a great place to start. All right. All right. For tonight's All Ball segment, we have Heather joining us. We're going to ask her all about coaching and playing. She has also played. So let's get into that. Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities. But who stands out above the rest? It's what we dream to do. It's not just a man's game anymore. Go! Doesn't matter how you separate us, we're still one big team, and that's for women's football. It is in our DNA. 
spiraling through double helixes. It courses through our veins. Through this blood, we are connected. Football is our family. All right. And in tonight's episode, like I said, we have Heather joining us. She has so much coaching experience as her background. So she has a lot to shed on this topic. So Heather, just a little bit of insight for us. How did you get started into coaching and why did you choose that path um, when coming into Gridiron? Because for a lot of us, we kind of just go straight to playing before we coach. But for you, you chose to start in that coaching uh, position first. Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually really interesting because uh, because I started it so long ago, I'm coming up into my 16th year of coaching now. Uh, women's football actually wasn't a thing when I, when I first started. Uh, I came down to watch my now husband, but then boyfriend play. And you know, I thought it was the craziest sport I'd ever seen. Uh, I certainly had no interest in playing with the, with the men so, uh, or playing at all, but the you know for me I, I was studying exercise and sports science I was a coaching major um so I just I always see sports no matter what sport I'm watching in you know from a coaching perspective uh my mom hates it when I come to watch her play tennis uh but I always thought I'd be the uh the the head coach of the Australian netball team like that's what I was on a path to do that's what I really wanted uh and as part of my degree I had to do my athletic training course my sports training and so the easiest way for me to help out my boyfriend at the time was to tape ankles on the sideline and, and do that sort of thing. And after a year or so of doing that, I was lucky enough to have a head coach at the end of 19s who was like, hey, you're, you're more qualified than just taping ankles. Why don't you be our strength and conditioning coach? And then the more I got into that, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I should find out more about this crazy sport if I'm going to be, you know, taking guys through drills and, and doing all that sort of stuff. So I did my coaches course. And, you know, that year we had a lot of success. We, you know, we had guys like Adam Gotsis on that team who's now been in the league like six years. And I was like, all right, this is, this is awesome. I can do this. And I came over to Oregon State and did a sports performance internship at Oregon State. You know, in Division One football over here is incredible. You walk into the campus and you've got this giant basketball stadium on one side, this giant football stadium on the other side, and over there is the baseball stadium and these beautiful, like, immaculate practice fields. But what I realized was I hated being stuck in the gym. <laughs> strength and conditioning wasn't for me because everything that we do in Australia is on the field. Um, and what I realized was everything I was doing was just sports specific, you know, position drills just without a ball. Um, and so as I got back, came back to Australia, I just got more and more involved, you know, and just like you said, we're all hands on deck all the time. You know, I was coaching under 19s. Um, my husband eventually became the head coach and I was just, you know, well, the O-line coach didn't turn up. So I guess I'm coaching O-line today and running back coach has to look after his kids. So I'm coaching running backs today. And and then eventually, you know, I'd been around long enough and the head coaching position came open when my husband had to step down and, and I took over. So, you know, for me, it was about putting all the pieces together from, you know, wanting to be a coach, but coaching other sports like netball and tennis and, you know, applying it to football. And, and part of that was was the management side of it. You know, <laughs> nobody likes to be the head coach. The joke is it's all just paperwork all the time. And, and even here in the US, you know, head coaches sometimes do the least amount of coaching. Um, but, you know, for me, I just, you know, I loved coaching and, and especially being involved in the under 19s uh, age group. It was such a fun 
uh, group to introduce to the sport of football. And, you know, a lot of them have dreams of coming over to the US and, uh, you know, trying to help them be the best athletes they can be was always great fun for me. So uh, when the Women's League came, eventually came along, you know, the Warriors didn't have a team until 2017. And so I, I got talked into playing for the first time after coaching for 10 years. So everything is uh, my, with my career is a little upside down. <laughs> So I'm guessing that you had some sort of sporting background by the sounds of it netball before coming into coaching. Why didn't you go down the netball coaching path? Why, why did it end up gridiron, which I'm not mad about at all. I feel like it's a great choice. (laughs) Um, I think it was, it just was great timing. I mean, I was uh, in my first year of uni and uh, all my, all my projects at that point in my coaching major had been netball related. Um, And for me, it was kind of a, just a new challenge. And, you know, as I got more involved, it was like seeing football and gridiron is like the best bits of all these other sports rolled into one. Like I still have netball drills that I do with division one quarterbacks here at Brown. Um, and it blows their mind all the time because they're like, I've never done this drill before. And they've been playing football for many, many years. Okay. Um, so it's always fun to be able to pull that sort of stuff out for them. But just football just came along right at the right time for me. Yeah. Something we talk about a lot here at Mojo Sports is being women in the world of sport. And it's not always easy and it doesn't always come, you know, accepted in every single aspect of the sport. Did you find it hard being a female coach coming into a men's team or going to a division one team full of, you know, men? Did you find that you were respected and accepted in that role? Yeah, I think I've been, you know, I can't speak for all women. And I think, you know, I've, sp- I've said that to a few people recently. Uh, I, but I've been really lucky in the career that I've had so far. You know, the Monash Warriors to me were an incredible family. And, and I was allowed to grow and learn as a young coach and make mistakes and, uh, and have ambitious goals and, and run training camp and things like that that people hadn't done before. And, uh, and then coming over to the US, I've had similar experiences where people have just really reached out to help. And I've had some terrific mentors and uh, and then coming into um, a, a staff and a program now where the head coach has hired, you know, ve- three women in like, he's hired three women in three years. He was a previous uh, head coach at, at another school and he had um, Phoebe Schechter who worked for the Bills uh, as an intern uh, that was one of her first jobs over here in football. And then he had Sue Lazotte, uh as a graduate assistant, who's now the running backs coach at the University of New England. So, you know, he'd ha- that had women on their staff before. So it wasn't a particularly unusual situation to have women in the room. And I think players figure you out quickly. You know, if you have something to offer, if you help make them better, if you give them one tip they haven't heard before, uh, then they're, they're, they're all in. And, and most of these, especially young players, and I've, I found the same thing coaching under 19s, you know, they have a lot of strong women in their lives. They have female teachers and their moms work and are high-powered lawyers or, you know, take care of them and their brothers. And they, so they kind of expect, like it's not unusual for them to have the woman be in charge of the room and to, to be teaching them. So um, it's, I've never really had particularly bad experiences. I know women who have. Um, and I know that it's certainly an uphill battle in a lot of respects. Um, you know, I didn't have people banging down my door for a job and, and things like that. So uh, there's a lot of challenges that come with being a woman and, and being in coaching. Um, but, you know, really, I've, I've had an incredible experience uh, along the way. 
And Heather, I know we, we've spoken previously um, on the podcast about, um, you know, when girls go over to play um, in the, you know, in the States and there's a certain level of um, almost self-doubt when they go to go over there because of, I suppose, you know, you're going to football home, right? Like, um, did you ever, did you feel any of that when you went over? Did you feel that you weren't good enough or how did you kind of overcome that, um, that feeling when you got to the States? Um, absolutely. But I think, you know, my first uh, visit over here at Oregon State was awesome being at the weight room. Um, my second time over here was to come over for the Women's World Football Games and being able to walk into uh, a, a, the ESPN Wide World of Sports and see 200 women from 20 different countries was such an eye-opening moment for me. Like, you know, I, the Women's League was so new and I'd never played. And so, you know, I'd always been around men and I think sometimes I'm a terrible advocate for women's football because I just haven't been, that hasn't been my world. And uh, coming over and being part of the Women's World Football Games was like a light bulb moment for me where I was like, hey, actually, I'm not the only one that thinks that this is a really cool sport and that could see a future in it. And, you know, so that was kind of my second experience. So then that kind of took me into the NFL women's pathway where I had a lot of people who, you know, were really coming to bat for me and, and telling me that, Hey, this is, this is for you. Um, and, you know, I was unemployed for a really long period of time, you know, take six months to get a work permit over here. And then um, on the visa that I was on and then, you know, trying to knock on doors and go to clinics and, and nobody was going to hire me. And, so there's a lot of that aspect to it where you're like, well, not only now am I a woman, but I'm a woman with the wrong accent. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like you know, eventually, eventually you find people that are wanting, that want to hire the best people for their program. And I've been lucky to find those people um, that don't really care about my gender um, much more than what I can actually do. Yeah, I love that. And I'm um, you you mentioned the NFL women's pathway. I think that's what you, you called it. Um, can you give us like a kind of a bit, bit more... Uh, what's involved in that like what is that um what was your experience like as well yeah so uh the nfl have hosts the nfl women's careers in football forum every year um it's at, at, at the beginning right at the beginning it was combined as part of the women's world football games and it was more informational like here are the information uh these are the sorts of jobs that exist within the nfl hey you love football but your your career is in marketing why don't you come and work for the nfl in marketing hey, did you know these are all the positions in the back office, you know, if you're coaching or whatever, like these are the positions that, you know, work in scouting, work in personnel. Did you know they hire lawyers? Did you know, you know, all these sorts of things. Um, but now it's evolved into this uh, incredible program where they um, invite about 50 women every year. They aim for half of that to be women of colour. And really it's about... Um, uh, you know introducing women to not only these careers but to the people that are going to hire them um, you have most a lot of the teams almost I would say mo more than the majority um, of NFL teams who send representatives uh, you have coaches like you know Ron Rivera Mike Rabel who come and have you know I had breakfast with them one morning it's nuts like when you sit across the room you're like wait 10 years ago I didn't even know who these people were um, and now I'm having breakfast with some of the highest powered people in the NFL um, and you know these handshakes that women get uh, as part of these programs you know can open doors to NFL internships um, but also you know really it's created kind of this sisterhood of you know our class of 2018 
uh, you know, all the women that are in the league right now coaching, you, know, you look at Jen King, Local Locus, Kelly Brownson, and myself, you know, we were all class of 2018 for the NFL Women's Forum. So um, it's been fun to have people to call and say, hey, I had this awesome experience or people to call and say, hey, today was kind of tough. Um, and to be able to share those experiences with each other, which has been really, really awesome. And and then you have people like Samantha Rappaport, who's the um, Senior Director for Diversity in the NFL, who has become a mentor to all of us um, and inspires us to like keep going and, and keep chasing those opportunities. I love that. It sounds like, you know, in our sport, there are becoming more and more pathways for women to be involved. And it's amazing that you've had that opportunity and you can share that experience and even um, encourage others to go and do that experience as well that are interested I see on the run sheet here just quietly I hadn't done a lot of research on this I'm not gonna lie it says experience with Tom Brady and the box can you elaborate because I am intrigued yeah so um my NFL um, I've been lucky to have two NFL internships over the past couple of years Um, my first one with was with the New York Jets in the scouting department uh, that was the year Sam Donald held out and came to training camp and everybody cheered and that was pretty fun. Um, but, you know, scouting really wasn't for me. Uh, I didn't like being removed from the players. Uh, so last year I applied and got the, well, the Bill Walsh Fellowship for Coaching uh, at Tampa Bay. So it's a minority coaching fellowship. Um, it was originally designed for former players uh, to come back in and now it's open to women. Um, so there was a number of women last year, I think five women across the league who, who got opportunities in the NFL. And uh, I was lucky enough to work in Tampa uh, with uh, Clyde Christensen, who's the quarterback coach there. Byron Leftwich, obviously, uh, was really close with them and uh, sit in the quarterback room and, uh, and you know, listen to Tom <laughs> talk about football and life. And uh, he's, he's an extremely kind human being and absolutely hilarious uh, but, you know, being able to be at training camp with the Bucks was, was an awesome experience. And I learned so much from them and they're, you know, incredible professionals, but who just love football. Um, it's not like a grinded out mentality at Tampa where the coaches are, you know, and we were in training camp, so it's a little different to the season, but, you know, where you know, people want to go home to their families. So it's work hard, kind of play hard mentality. And, you know, in football, coaches get a reputation for sleeping in their office and, you know, being there at 3am in the film room and things like that. And, and that was not the case at Tampa. And I think it was refreshing to see that, you know, people had lives outside of football where they want to go play golf, um, for example, but, you know, to when they were there to be so intense and to practice so hard and, and to, to, to love what they do. And, um, you know, that was an incredible experience. And then I, I got to coach Kyle Trask, who was their um, rookie uh, quarterback who, from Florida and, it was just fun to, to be hands-on and to be coaching and, and to at that level and, and to be involved and, and be down in Tampa for the summer was awesome. I feel like that's such an insane opportunity. Like you would have been pinching yourself every day, sitting in that room, <laughs> listening to Absolutely. the goat. Like it's such an insane opportunity. They were paying me. I felt like I should have been paying them. Yeah. Like I, like it blows my mind. Like how lucky to have that opportunity. Like, Yeah. Um, one last thing I want to touch on just before we move on to our rapid fire question is um, you have coached for such a long time. I think you said you coached for 10 years before you decided to put on the pads 
and play. So I just want to know what, what was that experience like for you to turn from coach to player? Because for a lot of us, we play first and then we either get injured or we just hit an age where our bodies can't do it anymore. And then we choose to coach where you kind of did it backwards and you chose to coach first and then put on the pad. So what was it like? And how did you make that decision to be like, yeah, I want to step on the field? I mean, when, when you've been an athlete, you know, your whole growing up, it's hard to not have a little bit of competitiveness. And, um, you know, I'd always said, oh, yeah, I'll help coach the women's team. And I had a, you know, the coach at the time, like, text me every day for, like, two weeks to be like, oh, by the way, you're the quarterback. You know that, right? Like, you're going to play for us no matter what. Um, and eventually it was like, well, if I'm going to play, I have to do a really good job because there's going to be a lot of people watching me play who I've yelled at <laughs> over the previous 10 years. So I better be able to put my money where my mouth is. Um, but I think, you know, playing, yeah, and, and I don't know if it's really changed a lot for me, but, you know, the, you know, I always feel so nervous. Like, uh, you know, when I'm coaching, I, I don't feel the nerves at all. I'm ready to go. It's easy to dial in. Um, but playing until that first ball is snapped, I'm a bundle of nerves. I need to go to run to the bathroom and go and throw up. And no, not really. But <laughs> um, but and when, once the ball snapped, I'm good and I'm a competitor and I'm an athlete and, and all those things that you, you play when no matter what sport you are growing up, it's hard to turn that off. Um, and so for me, you know, especially playing in 2017 and having a few years break and, and going back to then play at the Renegades, you know, was definitely challenging, but I knew that I needed that competitive outlet for myself. Um, and, you know, watching, you know, being in the room with some of the most incredible quarterbacks, you know, whether it's Tom Brady, whether it's um, the, our quarterback at Brown last year was one of the best Ivy quarterbacks that we've ever had uh, in the Ivy league, set all of the records, one Ivy league player of the year and watching those guys, you know, having a head coach who was used to be one of the best Ivy League athletes of all time, um, you know, having those guys around all the time, you just can't help but want to put the cleats back on and get out there. So uh, I'm, you know, I feel really grateful that I, as a woman, that's an advantage that I do have, that I do get to go back out and play when none of my male colleagues have that opportunity. Love that. And, you know, Heather, I think um, for everyone back home, I think it's on our minds. Uh, you're obviously with Boston Renegades at the moment. You've played a season in Vic. Are you coming back for Outback? Are you, what, what's your plan? Are you going to come back and play? I've put my hand up. I just, uh, you know, if I get selected, that would be incredible. Um, like I said, my whole career has been backwards. So uh, <laughs> this would be a, ni a nice thing to do. And, and But you know, not only to, to kind of get back, like I said, I always feel like I'm a terrible advocate for women's football. So it'd be nice to kind of get back in touch and, and get back in that world. And uh, like I've been training my butt off, like everybody else that's trying out for Outback. Um, it's it's a little tough now with spring ball, but I also have some of the most incredible facilities. Uh, and so I can kind of feel like I'm taking advantage of them a little bit, uh, which has been fun to do. Um, and then, you know, I'm playing, I'm getting to watch and, and sit behind Alison Cahill. So uh, at the Renegades who, you know, I've said she's the, you know, Tom Brady is the Alison Cahill of men's football, right? So it's, uh, it's, 
been awesome to learn and, and sometimes you know while the mind might be willing the body might not always be able so I'm trying to put in you know practice what I preach a little bit and, and you know well that's a tough thing too right when I put on the film and I want to coach this you know blurry little human running around on the screen um, it, it's easier to do that on the screen than it is in real life so I'm working really really hard so that uh, hopefully I could can represent Australia well. I think we all love to hear that and are all super excited. I think any team would appreciate you and you are a great asset to anyone who gets to have you as a part of their team. So fingers appreciate crossed that, that it works out because I think the Outback women would would love for that to happen for them. Well, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to play with them. I know there's a lot of women out there that are really training super hard and you know, those are the, they're the people that you want to go to war with, right? Like the people that want it so bad and, and they're working really, really hard. So um, I hope that I get to be a part of it. A hundred percent. All right, guys. And let's head into our rapid fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Your apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right. And for tonight's rapid fire question, we're going to stick with the theme of coaches and we want to talk about who is our favorite coach and why. And this can be any coach from any sports, any time in your life, someone that's had, you know, a big impact on your career or who you are as a player. So uh, Nat, let's go with you. Who is your favorite coach of all time? All time. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick uh, Richie Garraway uh, from the Croydon Rangers. Um, he was head coach for the women's team for many years. Um, and, you know, for me, the thing I love about Richie is um, he always, you know, comes to training with a plan, like a really structured plan. Um, he's very prepared and, um, you know, and I also like that he develops his playbook for the personnel that he has on the field. He doesn't try to, you know, go outlandish and, you know, plays that are never going to work because of the personnel. And let's be honest, it's a grassroots game, right, for us. And, you know, you, you've got what you've got and, you know, you try and develop those players. So a lot of respect for him, um, you know, in that in that sense. And also just his communication style, Um you know, there's always anyone who wanted to, you know, know more about football, um, you know, he was always willing, he is always willing to develop them. Um, and, and that's one thing that I very much value in a coach. So, yeah, Richie Garraway from the Rangers would be my pick. I love that. And I feel like it's super important to have coaches that understand their players and their skill level and what they can contribute to the team. And especially in a game like football, it's so important to plan your playbook with your personnel rather than your playbook not match the level of your players um for me I'm going a little bit outside the box I'm going with uh my childhood coach which was um when I played netball this is outside of football I played netball from the time I was like seven all the way up until I was 20 something and for majority of that time my mum was always my coach and I have so much respect for her and her putting up with me as you know, a daughter and, uh, you know, someone that she had to coach because as teenagers, we all have a lot of attitude. But again, she always came to, you know, training with a plan. She always, you know, made us be the best players that we could be. She, you know, had drills planned that reflected what we needed to do to be better. She created such an amazing team environment for all of us, for young girls playing together. You know, it can be tough an all-girl team at a you know 13 and 14 year old so I think for her she really made it important for us to get along as a team and that we enjoyed the sport and we had fun playing and I really you know respect her for doing that um Heather let's go what's who's your favorite coach and why 
and I was I was thinking about this like all yesterday and I don't think I can pick one I think you know I've had uh, so many incredible coaches um, and I think when they come into your lives just the right time I think both of you kind of spoke to that um, you know from my coaches when coaching netball and you know, my dad coached me play tennis uh, through to my husband who was like the original coach Marini uh, to got me into this stupid spot in the first place right um, to then getting to work with coaches at the NFL level like uh, Clyde Christensen and and at Oregon State Mike Riley like he was one of the very first football coaches who I met who didn't yell and scream and was just like a genuinely kind human who loved all his players and and you know those they, they come into your your life right at the right moment um, and you know now my head coach James Perry you know, he has a very unique style of coaching, but just loves to have fun and, and, and enjoy the sport. And and I think, you know, you try and take the little, for me, I always try and take the best bits of all those little coaches and kind of, my, they become like one one person in my head of like, that's what a coach should be. And that's what a coach should look like. And um, so for me, like those little pieces of, of kindness of those coaches and of, you know, sharing their love of the sport and, and those those pieces are why I love them all. Um, and uh, so I, I, I hate to be the person who can't give one answer, but in my head, they're just like one awesome super coach that I'd love to be uh, when I when I get to the peak of my career. <laughs> I love that. And of course, you have had the opportunity to come across so many different coaches and so many different styles of coaching. So for you, it would be hard to pick just one because they're all so different. Um, yeah. But I love, I love that you pointed out that one of your favorite coaches was one that didn't yell and had compassion. And, you know, I think that's super important as a coach to be able to come out and connect with your team and your players and share, like you said, the love for the sport just as much as, you know, they do. So thank you so much for sharing that. And there you have it. That's our show for tonight. So Thank you, Heather, so much for joining us. And thank you, Nat, for being here tonight with us on the panel. Thanks for listening to Mojo Sports. Go ahead and like, subscribe, download, share with your friends. And thanks again for listening. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.